0: Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First Young Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go online at TahlequahUMC.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. For the next three weeks, church, I invite you in to open yourself up to the greater things that God is calling all of us to do. See, I believe that God's not done with us yet. I believe that God is in that constant move of reshaping and refocusing and recentering our lives if we open ourselves up to God. I believe we are called to greater things. And so for these next three weeks, I want to invite you to open yourself up to what greater things God may be calling to do in you and through you. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, come and fill our hearts with your peace. You are here. You spoke to us through prayers and through liturgy. You spoke to us through song. And now, Lord, as we read your word and reflect upon it, center our lives in you. Lord, come and fill our hearts with your peace. In your name we pray. Amen. The scripture lesson I want to start with today is John 1, 43-51. So let's listen to these words. The next day Jesus wanted to go into Galilee and he found Philip. Jesus said to him, follow me. Philip was from Bethesda, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and in the prophets, Jesus, Joseph's son from Nazareth. Nathanael responded, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said, Come and see. Jesus said to Nathanael, coming toward him and said about him, here is a general Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, "'How do you know me?' Jesus answered, "'Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree.'" Nathaniel replied, "'Rabbi, you are God's son. You are the king of Israel.'" Jesus answered, "'Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree?' You will see greater things than these. I assure you that you will see heaven open and God's angels going up to heaven and down to earth on the Son of Man. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Church, we are called for greater things when we follow Jesus. It's that simple. Our lives don't just kind of plateau and peak once we have that moment once we say hey we're going to give our lives to jesus it doesn't end there if you notice it keeps on going actually if you look at the whole bible it keeps on going we don't just stop by having an encounter with god we move on and move forward and move towards living a life that shows what god's love and grace looks like it does not stop there the problem is that sometimes we do Actually, a lot of times we stop there and we become complacent and, and we, don't, we don't think that God calls us to great things. But realize, when I mean great things, I'm not saying that we're all going to be Mother Teresa in this church. But we may be to somebody else. One person, one life changed because we decided to live a life living God's way and sharing God's story of love and grace throughout the world and throughout all the time. In today's story, we have this interesting encounter. See, it happens, Jesus was going around, he knew that he needed people uh, to help him in his ministry. This is how ma- most pastors walk around. We, we, we walk around and we look for that one person, and Jesus walks up to Philip and says, Hey, come, follow me. And it didn't even, you know, Philip didn't just sit there and say, well, I've got to check my calendar first. Let me run it by my spouse. Let me, um, let me make sure that I have all the money I need for this trip. Let me, let me make sure that everything's going to work out. He, he didn't, like, check what he needed to. He just said, okay. He's like, wait a minute, I I know some other people. He did what every great disciple should do. They they go and spread the news and find more people to be involved in, in Jesus' shenanigans. He says, Hey, Nathaniel, I met this guy. This is the guy that Moses wrote about. This is the guy that is the guy. You you need to come and see. It's gonna be really awesome. This is gonna, this is gonna be this is gonna blow your mind. This man will blow your mind. And Nathaniel did what probably all of your friends do when you invite them to church yeah right what does this guy have he he comes uh, from nazareth what good comes from nazareth he's one of those people he's joseph's son we all know about joseph and mary we know that story who is this guy nathaniel doubted but yet he came he came probably because Philip was nudging him along saying, dude, you've got to come hear this. And it wasn't just, hey, I'll see you at church next Sunday, I hope. He went to Nathanael and brought him to Jesus. And in the story, we notice that, that, that when Jesus and Nathanael are standing there, and, and he says, who is this guy? He's the genuine deal. He's the real deal. Nathaniel asks, how do you know me? And then Jesus blows his mind. Before your friend came, before Philip came, I saw you under the fig tree. And talk about a mind-blowing moment. When Nathaniel heard that, he's like, how did he know? Mind blown, just, just life changed at that moment. He knew that he was God's son, the king of Israel, as he said. And then Jesus was trying to test to see where his, his real faith was. He was saying, do you believe this because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? And then Jesus sets him up for a lifelong journey. He doesn't say that the journey ends here once you follow me. He says, you will see greater things than these. I assure you that you will see heaven open and God's angels going up to heaven and down to earth on the Son of Man. He doesn't tell Nathaniel that the story stops when he says yes. He says you will see greater things. Church, one of the worst things that happens in our faith is that we become complacent. And we find ourselves sitting in a way that, that we don't feel like, oh, we're happy, we're, you know, everything's going well, we're, we're just going to sit here and everything is okay. But complacency is the death in, of any organization. You look at some of those, you know, it's college football season, you look at some of those football teams that, that may have had a good 10-win season, maybe two or three in a row, and then they become complacent. Hey, if we do it again, maybe we'll actually win the conference championship this year. And We become complacent. And then they get beat by that team that nobody should ever lose to. It happens more times than not, doesn't it? Because they become complacent. They don't strive to do better. They don't strive to, to grow closer to their bigger goal of winning a championship. It's the same thing in our faith. We have these moments and they make us feel good things are changing things feel good we feel a connection to god and we just sit back and say it's all good god calls us to greater things not one thing greater things our end goal, I've always told when you're doing something, you should start with the end in mind. And, and really, our end is standing before God in heaven and, and hearing those great words, good and faithful servant, come and rest. And in my heart, until that day happens, until I'm standing before God, I have a job to do. I have a job to, to help the poor and to be with those who are without, to, to show people what God's love looks like to help people grow closer to God, to help the church be better. Those are what God has laid on my heart. And it doesn't stop with just one moment. Something I've learned along the way as I've I've been doing this thing and studying this is that if I became complacent and became comfortable with where I'm at, I'm not moving forward towards God. I'm just sitting there waiting and waiting. God wants us to come towards Him with all that we are. No matter where we're at in life's journey, no matter where we are uh, in, in our age. And, and, and I, you know, One of the things that always bothers me is that when people say, I'm too old or too young to do something. God doesn't look at our age when He calls us. He says, I need you now. Not five years ago or, or five years from now. God needs us now. God needs us now to be the hands, feet, and heart in this world because they need to hear the story. They need to see what God's love looks like. Church, we did that last week. We did it really easy too. It was amazing to see how easy that event went off. Even when Walmart messed up and shorted us almost 250 boxes of crowns, we persevered. We didn't let that stop us. We sent Barbie to Walmart, got the, got the crowns, but we're not defined by this moment. Camp Wesley didn't define us. Ashley and I, were, were, we were um, sitting, uh, I don't remember where we were sitting we were talking about this, but I said, did you realize that this year alone, the amount of kids we've impacted on our community through Camp Wesley, through Vacation Bible School, through the backpack blessing, through our preschool, through our youth program, through our children. It's amazing when you start thinking about those things. But we're not done. There are still people that need to know Christ. There are still people that need to know what God's love looks like. God needs each and every one of us to fulfill this mission. Not just certain people, not just people that, that have the gifts and graces to do it. God needs all of us. God needs our whole selves not to hold back. We're not defined by one moment. We should live a life of no regrets. Our enemy is settling on that one thing, that being complacent. Jesus calls us to a life of coming coming and seeing, coming, and doing, coming, and living. Uh, God is always at work in your life, whether you recognize it or not. So we can't settle. We can't just stop off, uh, on what happened on Sunday and say, it's all good, we're good, we checked our box, we can say we had a great time and mission. We have to be prepared for the next thing. I don't know what that is. But I do believe that God is calling this church to be greater than anything else that anybody's ever seen. And what's it going to take? All of us. Not just me, not just Shanna, not just Judy or anybody else. It's going to take all of us together working towards Christ, for Christ, to transform the world. And you have what it takes. Don't sell yourself short. No matter where you are on life spectrum, you have what it takes. I came across this story. It's a really great story. It said in the early 1900s, 16 year old William Whitney Borden graduated from the Hill School of Pottstown, Pennsylvania, a prestigious boarding school known for sending its alumni to Princeton University. He was an heir to the Borden family's mining fortune. And he had a clear path of wealth and success set before him. But before Borden began his Ivy League education at Yale, his parents sent him on a year-long trip around the world as a graduation present. Early in his life, Borden had come to Christ. And while traveling the world, something happened that no one expected. He was moved by the spiritual and physical needs of people around the world. Borden wrote a letter to his parents and informed them that he wanted to spend his life as a missionary. One of his friends remarked that becoming a missionary would be tumultuous and throwing one's life away. Upon his return, Borden went to Yale and graduated. He then studied and graduated from Princeton Theological Seminary. When his ministry preparation was completed, he boarded a ship to Asia to serve among the Muslims in China. Along the way, he stopped in Cairo to learn Arabic and study Islam. In Egypt, Borden contracted spinal meningitis. Less than a month later, he was dead. He was only 25 years old. Borden had walked away from his fortune to take, away, to take the gospel of Jesus to the nations of the world. Most regarded, his death was a tragedy. However God took the tragedy and did something far greater than Borden could ever do himself. When a young man when young men and women read Borden's story in the newspapers of America it inspired them to leave all that they had behind and give their lives to reach the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's even rumored that the key points of his life Borden wrote a series of phrases in his Bible While he was struggling with his desire to become a missionary against his father's heavy disapproval, he wrote, no reserves. Toward the end of his time at Yale, where he studied the Bible, in a Bible study attended by three quarters of the school students' population, he wrote, no retreats. And as he was lying, dying on his deathbed in Cairo, he wrote, no regrets. Church, we're called to greater things through Christ who constantly reshapes us, refocuses us, and helps us to have no regrets. Church, we are called to greater things. And I invite you to come and see. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to Talaqual First Year Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd love to join us in person, we worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings, and you can find out more information about us by going online at talaqualumc.org.